Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please subscribe to our weekly Boston Bruins hockey talk on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify Podcasts. We'd certainly appreciate it if you give us show a five-star rating along with a written review. You can also subscribe to our official YouTube channel for a video version of our weekly program. If you'd like to support our show financially, please go to our blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on our affiliated fanatics banner before shopping online another way to financially support our weekly program is to become a patreon member to be eligible for weekly boston hockey prizes and monthly boston bruins hand-signed jersey giveaways please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate just one dollar per episode many thanks for the continued support and enjoy the show This episode number 334 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. You can sign up now at FanDuel.com slash Boston and claim your no sweat first bet for $1,000. As always, it's a pleasure to be joined by Grace Roberts and, of course, the one and only Mark Allred. How's everybody feeling today? Feeling phenomenal. I'm I'm ready to talk some Bruins, even though uh, it's crazy watching Hockey last night, no Bruins still, but hey, still plenty to talk about, I think. What's up, guys? It's the offseason. It continues, but we have a ton of shit to talk about. We have a full agenda that we all uh, contributed to uh, over the last 24 hours, and 
I'm I'm excited to be back. Always talking Bruins hockey with you with you fine people. It's always a pleasure. Um, a good week. Um, even better week towards like today. Uh, Mike Courtney has a, a candle company that she's uh, up and running. And, uh, you know, m- normally it smells like a florist in here. It's flowers, flowers, flowers every day. But I walked out to go get some printed paper for the agenda. And, boy, she's working on a new smell for the man out there. And uh, it was a uh, luxury leather and mahogany teak wood mix. Oh. Holy crap. It's all over the house. And it's, it's, it's like it feels like my domain now. It's not overpowering with like flowers and so on, which everybody knows it's like her domain. I feel like empowering a little bit, just like this is my day. I'm, you know, it's awesome. But uh, details on a website for her will be coming out soon, uh, and she uh, gets supplies from uh, an all American based uh, inventory suppliers. So you know we're we're supporting USA, baby. So uh, nice. she does a great job, and I'm proud of her. So I just wanted to give her a shout out. Nice. Well, make sure. Well, I don't know. Maybe Grace does want them the man scented ones because uh, we don't want to talk to Grace about about men or or her Twitter handle. I don't want. We can't talk about either of those things. Yeah. If anybody has advice on either of those things, feel free to shoot me a DM really quick. <laughs> don't be sliding yeah. into Grace's DMs. <laughs> Jesus. So we do. Um, yeah, we do have tons to talk about. Uh, last night um vegas took a 3-1 series lead which again i just i find this series to be uh, fascinating i'm i'm enjoying watching it i do uh i got a little annoyed with aiden hill yesterday maybe it's just because i i don't like him um but i thought what he did at the end of the game was kind of was kind of i don't know cheap but i think before we get into that uh a big congratulations to give out to uh david Postenock and his family on uh, their new baby. And I, again, I said, I said on Twitter, I don't think there's anybody who's more deserving uh, of that than, than uh, David and his wife, because of all that they've gone through. And, you know, I think when, when pasta hit, hit a tough stride there during that season, I think people sort of forgot that there were other things going on in the back, on the back burner. Um, So we obviously want to wish him and his wife and his new baby, all the, all the, Love in the world. Is it Ava? Is that the Freya? Freya. Freya. That's a cool name. Which is such a cool name. I know. Seriously, when I saw that, I was super excited. I think that's the cutest name ever. Freya Ivy. The baby baby is so cute. So cute. All the pictures are awesome. I love to see it. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely shout out to those guys uh, after going through such a trying time and so on emotionally uh, for both sides of their families. But, you know, shout out to them for getting back on. And and trying again, and you know, it's it the mission's not over to grow the Pasternak family, and it all started this week with um with a healthy baby girl. So I'm very proud of Pasta, uh, Papa Pasta. I like that. We're gonna have to, <laughs> we're gonna have to get some uh, t-shirts out there for that sooner or later. But that. uh, no, it's, it, that's amazing news. You know, this is traditionally when uh, everybody gets to it when they're thinking about the babies. So you can go through the whole uh, regular season and the playoffs and the off season. Tend to your uh, your, your, you know, your wives and so on and, and have, a uh, grow that family. So, and, you know, shout out to him for having, uh, you know, uh, all this, you know, you go back over the last nine months, right. That was right in the middle of the hockey season. So to be able to compartmentalize and still produce the way he produced over the course of the season, knowing, you know, what's going on at home is, uh, you know, anybody who's been through that, um, both as a husband or as the, the birthing mother, um, <laughs> You know, it's a lot. It's a lot to handle. So um, so congratulations to him and the family. It's great news there. Um, 
but yeah, the game last night, I, I know I watched, uh, I caught most of the third period, the tail end of it. Um, I don't know. Vegas just looks to me uh, a little too loaded with star power. I mean, I I'm thrilled for John Marsh or so one of the nicest dudes you're going to come across or jam as we called him from when he had his Audi Marsh or so nickname or name. I don't know what happened to the Audi. But now he's just March or so. I saw um, that they dropped it, that he decided to drop it at some point. I did see that. Yeah, I think it's because he's so small. They couldn't get it all on the jersey. On the jersey. It's <laughs> like, like this tiny little, like went all the way down to his down to his rib cage across the back. Um, but I, we still call him Jam around here, uh, the former Springfield Falcon. But uh, any takeaways from that game, Mark? Anything that stuck out to you a little bit uh, in that, uh, what was that, game four? Disappointing because I got bets on the uh, the Florida Panthers to win the uh, the Stanley Cup, so those are still alive. But it's they're really hanging on a thread right now because uh, Vegas is just bringing it heavy when it comes to offense. And um, you know, I just want to uh, you know diminish a little bit of a narrative when you're talking about Jonathan Marchessault um, and how younger players they actually can play in the playoffs and successful as far as the Stanley Cup. You know, this guy's really lighting it up and so on. So. Um, you know, give some credit to some smaller players because they deserve to be in this league, too. Um, and I know we're always the big, bad Bruins around here and that mentality. But, you know, there's uh, there's some talent out there that's uh, that's offensively gifted as well. So I'm good on good on Bruce Cassidy. Um, he's probably going to win a Stanley Cup, get his name on that silver uh, best trophy in the uh, in all of sports. And, you know, but I still just I'm not ready for the narrative all summer of of uh we should have we fired the wrong guy we shouldn't have gotten you know um jim montgomery and blah 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 i'm just not ready for that but you know you do have to give props to what um bruce did in his first year out in uh vegas with the uh with a roster like that i mean it's a very driven roster um you know jack eichel i mean this is his first playoff and i'm seeing what like that superstar that was drafted in the first round we're seeing that now because, you know, the neck injury is all done. He's throughout, you know, he's done it in Buffalo and so on. Uh, but good on him. He's a local guy, Chelmsford, Mass native, and probably going to, uh, you know, have a trophy in his, uh, on his resume. So, I mean, there's a lot of good things on both sides, but it's just disappointing on where the Florida Panthers are going in this series. Like, they, they, they want to be offensive, but they also want to be that stubborn freaking team to play against and, and rough and tough and face washes and everything like that. But they're just not really putting it together when they're considering off um, offense and what got them to this point successfully against a, a, a heavy team like the Carolina hurricanes and so on, you know? So it's just, it's just a weird series so far. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Grace? Yeah. I don't want to take anything away. I don't want this to seem like I'm saying that the Knights are not really good because they are, and I think that they deserve to win. They deserve to be where they are. Um, but I don't think the Panthers are making it, you know, difficult for them. Like, it's just not – this was such a, a dominant team through, like, the last, you know, the last four games, really, of the Bruins series. They made the Bruins look like chumps, and then they came in and they almost swept uh, the Leafs, and then they did sweep the Carolina Hurricanes, who were a favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Um, and then suddenly they, I don't know, shit their pants. I don't know what happened. And it, so it feels sort of like it, it, it almost feels like, like I, I think I said it last week that they've suddenly lost composure and that this, this ability that they had to get under people's skin, maybe it's just that the Knights are a more composed team. Maybe it's just that they are reacting differently than, than the cats expected, but 
no, it doesn't look – it's just not the hockey that we saw them play all this time. Yeah, what were you going to say, Mark? No, I was just going to say I want to um, give a shout-out to Andrew uh, Johnson of the Short Shift Pod. And basically, this is his analogy. He said it several times on, on, the, uh, on their podcast. But it's almost like Florida is shitting in their hands and clapping. <laughs> it's, it's just not – it does not look good at all for anybody. Yeah, no, and I mean, and I agree completely with the, I i don't know if y'all saw, I tweeted this thing about how the Bruce Cassidy discourse, it's just pissing me off. It's okay to admit that he's a good coach and that, you know, yep. whatever. People were lighting me up in the replies. People were lighting me up. Like, I was talking crazy. There were people who were like, oh, yeah, this is true, you know, well said. But other people were like, you don't get it. The Bruins have soft players. They always blame the coach. And now look at how good the coach, and I'm like, this is this is ridiculous. Like it, there are plenty of criticisms to be made about the Bruins under Bruce Cassidy, as both like on the player end and on the Bruce Cassidy end. It wasn't necessarily handled well on either side, but ultimately, I think it was just the right thing to break off um, and let him do his own thing. And that's great that he's found success, but it's not. Let's stop acting like he would have been able to drag the Bruins all the way to a Stanley Cup. Like, yes, it's true that there were coaching mistakes made during the first round when we lost. But, you know, we can't sit here and pretend that, like, we have any way to predict that the Panthers would have been this good or that Bruce Cassidy would have been able to handle them better if he had the Bruins roster rather than the Knights roster. Um, so, I don't know. It's just frustrating. It's annoying. And I, I, because I like Bruce Cassidy and I'm fine if he wins. I think that it's a good thing, but it's just tiring to hear people, especially people who aren't even like, really Bruins fans or um, our diehard Bruce Cassidy fans acting like this was still the greatest mistake that Don Sweeney's ever made. Um, so I don't know. It's whatever, but I, yeah, it's not the cats suck. I don't know what's going on. They suck. <laughs> yeah. Lots to unpack there, but you know, I don't know why, why both can't be true. The, the Bruins do have soft players and Bruce Cassidy is a good coach and it was time for them to, to move on. I mean, divorces happen between two people and not in every, and, and sometimes both people are good people. They just can't coexist together. Like that's fine too. Um, and sometimes the kids are the problem. And when I talk about <laughs> the kids, when I talk about the kids, it's the players. The players did not respond in that first round, especially when their dying leader, Patrice Bergeron came back in an effort to spark this team, nothing and nothing. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a disaster from all parties and, you know, I just don't I honestly don't think that, you know, Bruce Cassidy had this roster that he get this far. Yeah. And, and I mean, and on that, like, is 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 Vegas like out coaching uh, Florida? Is, is Bruce Cassidy putting on this magical showcase of coaching or are his stars of Mark Stone, Chandler Stevenson, um, William Carlson, Jack Eichel? Uh, these guys are all playing out of their uh, Marcia. So they're all playing to the top level that they're supposed to play in. Now, is that because of yep. motivational coaching? I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're just really freaking nasty players. Like yeah, that's exactly. probably a part of it too. So like, well, you know, when you're handed a star studded roster um, and they perform to the level that they're supposed to perform at, and we're, we're giving the, the coach a, the pat on the back, like. Absolutely. And, you know, and I use the, the, the Brady and Belichick analogy before, but like, are the people in Winnipeg sitting there going, I can't believe we had Paul Morisco. Oh my goodness. Why? How could we let Paul look at Paul Maurice is in the Stanley cup finals. How can we let him go? Like, I yeah. don't think they're doing that. I, and, and he I resigned. Think, he yeah. resigned up there. And and I don't think that, you know, uh, uh, 
who the hell was it? Uh, uh, the Devils. I don't think the New Jersey Devils were hemming and hawing because Claude Julian got here and won a cup of the Bruins. <laughs> How could you let Claude Julian go? Oh, my goodness. He just won a cup of the Bruins. Like, you could right. literally play this game forever, especially in a sport where coaches, to me, seem to get more recycled more than any other league. You know, uh, th- these it seems like every year I'm looking at it going, oh, that's where Mike Yeo is. And, uh, you know, whoever's with the, the it seems like the, the Flyers and the Penguins just keep alternating coaches all the time until Mike Sullivan got there. So, like, you know. Yeah, we brought we brought up freaking um, Mike Babcock uh, uh, an episode or two ago. <laughs> And look what happened. He's got a job and basically going to get a job in Columbus because his contract, he's still getting paid by the Maple Leafs. This guy's been out of the league for four or five years and he's still getting $5 million. And uh, that is done on the first. So I expected that the, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets hire Mike Babcock. And, and wow, Yarmo Kikalainen from the, uh, the uh, Blue Jackets GM, he's on fire already this offseason, really addressing the uh, defensive needs and so on. Uh, getting Damon Severson from, uh, I think, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and uh, and something else was going on uh, with a three-team uh, trade. It's just Proveroff. been maddening. Yeah, 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 Provorov, that's right. Yeah. I mean, I like Provorov when he was playing for the Brandon Weekings in the WHL, but he just really never got it in Philadelphia. But, Jesus, what I mean, we're already seeing some uh, some really interesting trades, and yeah. probably that's probably the catalyst of other teams going – um, you know, the draft's coming up at the end of the month and, and you know, three agencies coming even less than a month. Uh, should we do something, you know? Yeah, and I, and I wonder how much of it is all about the money, too. And, you know, teams are like, I got to shed money. And other teams are like, we need we yeah. need the cap on our on our. So that's why I think you're seeing trades between cap-strapped teams and teams that have <laughs> practically don't have any money given to anybody. So, yeah, and this, um, another thing real quick, there's, uh, there's like conflicting reports on the salary cap. Like Frank Saravalli, I like Frank a lot, and I pay attention to a lot of his work. He's saying that the cap could go up to at least two million. While you know Gary Bettman's saying <laughs> throwing cold water on you know the idea of the cap going above a million dollars this coming season. So it's just uh, it's just weird how everything's getting panned out because we we all knew that the um, the escrow still needs to be paid, but the COVID funds and so on have been paid off at an accelerating rate that they could adapt the uh, salary cap to go up just a little bit more than a million. So we'll see what happens actually. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's all good. I'm just wondering if we can start a Gary, a Gary Bettman GoFundMe, and we'll just pay the players ourselves. We'll just all yeah. those little contributions. We'll, we'll get him a Patreon account or something and, and we'll make sure that he can get, he can get paid so he can, he can afford to play, pay these players. But yeah, um, I think, I think that might end up making more money than these t-shirt the, the board moving ads and the oh. patches on the on the uh jerseys the board ads are just are just i hate them nuts. i hate them so much it's, it's awful it's awful um but yeah it's funny i just i looked it up because the rangers are one of those teams just going back to coaching it you know gerard gallant mike keenan mm-hmm. elaine Vigneault. it's like they just keep recycling these guys like uh, like laviolette like you know so I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm happy for Bruce. I wouldn't be surprised if they won the whole thing. And then two years from now he gets fired. Cause once again, his message isn't being heard by the players. You know yep. what I mean? So um, I wonder if there's a line on FanDuel for that. Yeah. yeah right? I mean, uh, look it up. <laughs> look it up. Um, another, a couple of things really quick. Aiden Hill. I can't stand that guy. I, I don't know why he's playing so well. 
Um, because he was here in Springfield and the team sucked and he was kind of a dweeb and, and <laughs> I, I, I have old gripes with that guy. Um, and same thing with the defenseman Petrangelo. I, I don't, I, I miss having a player that I absolutely hate. I cannot stand Alex Petrangelo. He is, he is just, he, he, he's a, he's a, uh, a tough guy. That's not tough. He yeah, wants to be a tough, he reminds me like PK Subban, the fact that he like, he wants to sh- stir shit up, but then not do anything about it. And, even and he proved game, that. He proved that with that hack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and last game, you know, he, he I, I'm pretty sure it's a penalty to leave the box and get in a scrum. I don't that know if it crazy. matters. I don't know if it yeah. matters if, if the game has ended. But, I mean, I've seen that happen in the in the AHL where the player comes out of the box to join a scrum. Like, that's not allowed. Right. Stretch. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it makes a difference that the horn had sounded. I don't yeah. I feel like it shouldn't, but it might. I don't know. Agreed. Agreed. So, and Florida fans, stop throwing shit on the ice. Stop throwing oh your rats and your Gatorade bottles and your oh, stop. So bad. It makes you look so bad. bad. It makes hockey look bad. It makes everybody look bad. I'm not even worried about somebody getting hurt. They, they're yeah. massive athletes covered in pads. Stop making yourself look like a bunch of jackasses. Okay. They Please. look, they, they make it. They like, I was over here tweeting about how I thought it was so cool that like, I've seen so many Florida hockey fans since I've been down here and like fans of all teams all over the place. And that we really got to show these fans like some respect. They really go hard, but it's just, they make themselves look awful. Like this is why people don't like you because you do stuff like this. I was saying the same thing about the stars. Like if you want to be a respectable franchise, then you have to actually act like respectable people. And they're just not like, it was so bad to watch. So bad. Interesting. So uh, that series will continue. We'll see if Florida can stay alive on, uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, eight o'clock game, or who knows, Mark? Eight twenty-six, eight fifteen, eight nineteen, whatever they decide. Eight seventeen. Decide to actually drop the freaking puck. Um, <laughs> some other things happening around the league. Mark put this in here. I find it uh, sort of interesting. Um, I don't think anybody looks at the Chicago Blackhawks as uh, a a franchise that you want to do. Let's do what they're doing. However, um, it looks like a lot of their summer development camp is going to be dedicated to training off the ice rather than on it. Um, I think the last, I would say, 10 or so years across sports uh, training has definitely evolved. And even, you know, doing WNBA games now, pre- their pregame routines are all of the bands, like those big rubber bands. And they, you know, hold one in their arm and they get stretched this way. And they get, it's all about the band work. Um, resistance. Resistance. Um, is this something, Mark, that you – well, I guess just tell me a little bit more about what the Blackhawks are doing and- Normally, development camp is when they can get all of their prospects together, particularly ones that they just drafted, because if if you're selecting somebody from Europe, you have them in North America, which is close by, closer to, you know, areas of operation where you can get them on ice and work them out, get them accustomed to what being a Boston Bruin or an NHLer, uh, for that matter, is all about. Um, And the Chicago Blackhawks are going a different way. They're, They're taking it off the ice, which is basically all training and and closed door training uh none of this stuff is i don't believe is going to be open to the public like a lot of uh local rinks like um the warrior ice arena in brighton massachusetts it's a fantastic facility open to the public which allows young fans maybe folks that don't get to pay these ridiculous freaking prices for boston Bruins tickets at td garden an opportunity to bring their kids to a summer event and see these players or these upcoming stars, at least to get something involved in the hockey, you know, that's how you build, you know, uh, you know, a generation per se. And 
you know, I just think that that's being taken away by the fans, but not only that, the media as well. A lot of the media don't get to see certain players over here in Europe, don't get to have these, uh, you know, eight screens in an office like I do and watching ridiculous amounts amount of hockey from overseas, but they get to see what type of player they are and what they could bring to the future of the Boston Bruins organization if they have the opportunity to do so. So it's like, it's, it's kind of a win-loss in my opinion for everybody. It's just... I don't think it's the right idea. And I do understand that some fun- fundamentals of why they want to do this is because they've been on the ice for a whole season and so on. They're tired and so on. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have four weeks off and then you're supposed to get back on the ice and skate your bag off or to impress your uh, 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 an NHL club's brass. I get that too, but I don't know. I kind of want to see this more um, on ice and uh, off ice, uh, you know, training continue to happen and I, I get it wears and tears the body but if in my opinion if you if you want to succeed in the NHL you have to prove to your certain organization that you want it and to me those types of uh, festivities are ones that prove it's not even a real game it's I'm just here on a camp that you want it you you, you know you're starting right now to show that you want to be an NHLer and I think that on ice and off ice activities are important for that evaluation. Hmm. So that's, I mean, that's just my opinion. I just think it, it, it really takes something away, but it also just takes away from the fandom. Some people, you know, I go to Warrior Ice Arena every year and I have since I think 2017, maybe. Um, before that, it was at Restucia in Wilmington, which is an absolute dump. Um, yeah, it was so bad. Um, you know, it, and, it allows the fans to come in and see what's going on. They could have done that at Rishusha too, but still, it was just, I, I think it's, it, it's, you're going to be missing a lot of the fan element, you know, that and the participation. So, and it's always good to see that place somewhat full during a development camp in, in, in the week of, uh, you know, 4th of July and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to, nice to have people watching hockey in July. I, I do think of like, I don't know, I always think of, of Ray Bork on a treadmill or Chara on his bike, you know, and I think about the off ice training and what those guys are capable. I mean, uh, the, the doctor couldn't even get Ray Bork's heart rate up high enough on the treadmill. Cause he was just that he had that much endurance, which is nuts. Um, Grace, any thought on, on that and what Mark was talking about? I think that it's so, it's so cool and interesting, even that we can have this sort of discourse. Cause obviously hockey is just such a unique sport. You know, all these other sports, like they're going to do these, there's no off ice for them but there's just they do any sort of off-season training and it's like it pretty well translates I don't care if it's basketball players out running on a field or something it's going to translate to what they're doing on the court just like in terms of the physical characteristics of it but so that's why I think it is sort of a question of what um different unique um skills they're going to build um off the ice and I totally agree with um Mark that it does sort of take away like that aspect of people going to watch and going to get to see them at warrior or wherever um, different teams practice and stuff. But it's interesting. I hadn't even thought of it really about um, then again, maybe I do my best to avoid thinking about the Blackhawks period. Um, So I don't know. I hadn't heard of that. And I I do think it's super interesting. I'm interested to see how it goes, what happens. Obviously they are going to have a crazy off season and a crazy unpredictable what what's going to happen next season with, presumably the number one draft pick. So I, I do want to add that these, these types of festivities like uh, uh, development camps are good character builders for organizations to evaluate. 
if you don't have good character and you don't show that you're going to fit this culture, they're not going to invest much more time in you. This is why these are so important for the on ice and off ice uh, training sessions. Well, something to keep our eye on. Uh, I, I mean, I'm glad it's the Bruins aren't being the, you know, the, the, uh, the lab rat on this experiment. I'm glad it's somebody yes. else. We'll see if it works or not. Um, but yeah, I'm glad it's not us doing that. Um, so looking at some things that are roster related and Mark, I've just, you mentioned Provorov. Um, I, I guess I didn't realize that teams could trade until the cup was over. I just assumed he had to wait until the, till the season was officially end. Um, and that's not really the case, but you know, it does look like the Bruins technically right now before July 1st could trade any of their UFAs or at least trade the rights to that. Um, is there anybody, is there anybody that you guys sort of had in mind that they could move or is that just even an avenue that they should, that they should pursue as they, uh, you know, as, as they're so cap strapped and have a lot of UFAs. There's a couple, I mean, Mike Riley just comes to mind real quick, even though I think that he's going to be bought out this year and uh, per Tyler Anderson on uh, hacks with hags program on the YouTube channel on uh, Bruins rinkside uh, mentioned that the Bruins could free up 2.6 million if he is bought out in that window that's coming up soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, if you, if you want to uh, free up space, it's a shitty way to do things. It really is, but it is an actual Avenue. Uh, believe it or not, most people don't understand that once the season or the playoffs end, that's when their contract ends. No, it, it, it is a July 1st to July 1st term. So technically all these players are still, Bruins property and they can be treated as we need to free up cap space and create roster spots. We can trade your rights right now to negotiate with another team. And yes, you can do that up to uh, July 1st. And you know, that might be an option with the draft coming up. If you can't come to terms with Tyler, Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah. Not Todd. Not Uh, Todd. (laughs) Yes. You know, if you can't come to terms with him and he's asking way too much, say he's, he's asking $7 million right now and his agent is like constantly hammering, hammering a six-year, $7 million deal, the Bruins could be in a corner and say, you know, hey, we give up a first-round pick for this guy next year. We give up something else, and now he's pretty much going to walk and test free agency. We might talk about that later. You know, I want to get something for him. Get back some draft capital, uh, you know, from the festivities down in um, Nashville, Tennessee this summer. So there's so many uh, options out there. If you look at Cap Friendly, a Puckpedia, fantastic website to, to really get your, you know, salary cap space on and look and see who might be available to, like, move for, you know, just the rights to talk to somebody. It's not out of the realm, and I'm so tired of people hammering people that write articles like myself and other media members out there that are, are gravitating to something like this as a cap-saving shedding option, and they're shitting all over it. So it's just I think they don't understand that when hockey's over for a particular team, that that's when their contractual obligation is over. Now Sorry, I, I get a little heated there. No, no, I, I hear you, but I, it's the same thing where it's like uh... – just because you get knocked out of the playoffs, like don't go jet skiing or anything, because we don't need you getting hurt. Because then you're you're still our property. Now back to your con- your concern about trading. Um, teams can trade even past the trade deadline in the regular season if they're way out of the, the playoff picture. If they're not making the playoffs, those guys can trade all the time. That's always been a I, thing. 
I want to say I, I learned it a couple of years ago. I'm not sure how far back it goes and so on. I'm not sure if it's new or anything like that, but it might be in the current CBA, which is it's dated back. Uh, I think oh, oh, about 10 years. I got to say, I could be definitely wrong about that, but well, I assume yeah, there's gotta all... be, there's gotta be a governing body that would approve yes. any trades past that. Yes. Yeah. Is, is that oh, all, yeah. like all 32 owners or is that, uh, no, it, I think it goes in front of a some kind of board, which ultimately goes to Gary Bettman, um, you know. But, uh, yeah, it, it, there is a process to go through it, uh, much like when, when um, uh, you know, trade deadline happens. There's, there's approvals that have to go, be made before an actual trade can be uh, mentioned as uh, official. Interesting. Well, yeah, that, that is um... – that is definitely something that they could do. And I, I mean, I would be, I would, I would already be picking up the phone. I just, I don't know why a team would take a guy like Mike Riley. Like, unless you need somebody unless, will, unless you just somebody needed the will. money. But I, you know, I don't think I wouldn't sit here and think, yeah, they can trade Mike Riley and get a third rounder. Like, no, you probably can't. You're probably getting a bag of pucks, you know, maybe some skate sharpeners, but I, I don't, I don't see it being, you're not getting any value in return if they know why you're trading that particular player, you know what I mean? The guy like Bertuzzi might be different, but even that, I would assume you got to talk to the agent and say, you know, all right, Bertuzzi, we're going to send you to, you know, Winnipeg. Do you like it there? Do you want to sign long-term? Cause you, you know, you can't just send them out there and then have them say, well, I'm not signing here. You know what I mean? It's the sign and trade usually has involves a, a signing. I, I honestly think Mike Riley is an NHL player outside of Boston. I don't think that, you know, I think he could find a place to, to go. It's just other teams biting on that 3 million AAV when their salary cap strapped as well. It's not an easy market to move around in or even trade in. Don Sweeney's had a, a handful trying to get rid of this guy and dump his cap. And, and you know, 3 million this year, I'd buy him out. You know, if you can't move them for the past three seasons, I would take the option, buy them out and and, and get that 2.6 in savings. Interesting. Well, something to something to look at between now and July 1st. And then, of course, the draft coming up after that as well. And that's that's where a lot of our focus is. Um, obviously, now as the season's over, uh, I did hear a name. Well, I think we all heard a name floating around the last, I would say, 48 hours. Um Go back as we go back to Winnipeg. I don't want to keep talking about Winnipeg, but um, oh yeah, Pierre Luc Dubois, 6'3", 218 pounds, twenty four year old. Um, I don't know, Grace. You seem excited about him. You want this guy? Oh well, do I? Yes. If I thought that was even possible, there's no chance uh, at all. Um, he's worth too much, a and b. He, I think from what I'm hearing and seeing, it looks like he's got a pretty stringent list of teams that he would like to play for. I think probably the most likely is going to be the Canadians, um, which I think then, you know, they start to look increasingly more frightening because um, he's a great player. He has had his ups and downs with all the teams that he's been on, um, started with the Jackets, did not like being there. Then again, who would like to be in Columbus? Not me. Um, Johnny Gaudreau. Johnny, although I don't know, based on the, the personnel now they're surrounding him with, I made some tweets about this. I don't know if I would like to be Johnny Gaudreau right now. Um, but Mike Babcock. Yeah, Mike Babcock. Just, <laughs> just some absolute dinguses. Um, but I think that, uh, yeah, PLD, I know there's sort of a mixed narrative about 
is he kind of a bad attitude kind of guy or has he just been stuck in bad scenarios? He didn't really get along well, I don't think, with Bonus over at in Winnipeg. Um, and like I said, he's sort of both teams he's been on. He's young guy, 24. He's asked to be traded both times pretty vehemently. So I think that sort of casts people have this idea of what he's like. But I don't know. I'm not quick to, you know, he, he still plays hard. He played well all through the playoffs. He it's not like he was sort of dragging his feet, which I think, you know, we've seen players do and they don't want to be where they are. Um, but I do think that he has a lot of options. I think people will give up a lot for him. I think teams will do a lot to get him. Um, so I just don't think the Bruins have a dog in that fight at that point, because we just don't have anything to give. Like here, you want Mike Riley for, you know, your, your top six, like it's just not going to happen. Um, but you know, I think it's cool. I'm excited to see where he goes. I think the if you put him on the Canadians, I think they're scary. I think I'm already a little bit scared of them because they're starting to to load up. They just need they have a goaltending problem and they have a, a defense problem. But I think that they have a lot of offensive power and he would really add to that. So I really like him. I know that he gets a lot of a lot of crap from people because of what is an allegedly bad attitude, but I like him. If if there was a chance we could get him, I'd say, Hell yeah, let's take him. He's young, he's fast, he's strong. Um, but for whatever reason, he's just, he wasn't happy in Winnipeg. Um, so I don't know. I'm excited to see where he goes. I don't see how, if you're not happy in Winnipeg, you're like, I want to go to Montreal, but who knows really what was going on behind the scenes. So what about you, Mark? What are your thoughts on this player? I have to agree with everything that like, uh, that Grace said about his accolades and so on. He's a good player. The Bruins do need a center. Absolutely. Can they make room for $6 million? Possible. Very possible. It's going to take a lot of massaging. I mean, deep, 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 deep massaging. <laughs> Get the feet out there. You don't want to see my feet right now. Um, but still, I just don't think that an investment, even if we had the pieces, if we had a first-round pick or we had a top-end prospect, I, I think we do, but I'm not sure that Mason Lowry is the one you want to give up on just quite yet. We don't have that. And I'm definitely afraid of giving way too much for a player that's possibly only going to stick around for one year and not be able to negotiate because he wants to go to a certain market in the National Hockey League. I'm not sure if that investment screams to me that, hey, we need to do that, especially with a salary cap uh, and, and the um, the crunch that we're in right now uh, in the offseason leading up to October when we need to be cap compliant. Sweeney and Evan Gold have their work cut out for him and, I'm technically not sure we have the assets to get a guy like uh, Pierre-Luc, who, who, like Grace said, is a very good center, and he's young and powerful and so on, and could be a game-breaker if he wanted to. But I just don't like his attitude and never happy where he is. So uh, I'm, I'm a hard pass uh, just by the, the logistics and me being on the fence of him being a, a valued asset and then you know a, a flight risk. Yeah, I think, I think Montreal is a good spot for him because he is from – Something called Ste de Mont Quebec. Um, which uh again I think is part of the reason why I, I can't have him here. And pardon me for for sounding like a namist. No, he's too French Canadian for Boston. We don't need a Pierre Luc Dubois on the Bruins. We get Canadians named Robert Gordon Orr and Cameron yeah. Neely and Brad Bradley Marchand and Milan Lucic. We don't get Pierre Luc Dubois. Even if Martin St. Louis was here, you know, Boston would just call him Martin St. Louis because that's how we operate. No, he's too French Canadian. His name is too French Canadian. 
to be here. No, nope. uh, the pro- most French Canadian we ever got was Martin Lapointe, and it was only because yeah, that guy was awesome. So, um, <laughs> no, I just he's too he's his name is too French Canadian. Uh, I don't think it'll work here. I, I, don't I, forget about the great goaltender Gilles Gilbert. I've already forgotten about Gilles. <laughs> That's why I'm here, buddy. Goaltenders <laughs> like Americans, like Swayman and Thomas. Thomas, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Americans. We're all nuts. We're all nuts. <laughs> you do. Goalies need to be crazy. That's a, that's like yes, a requirement to be a good goalie. You have to be certifiably I insane. <laughs> I did it. Th- I did it for 35 years. I loved um, every minute of it. But boy, am I paying for it now? That's there you go. why you are the way you are. <laughs> I was um, gonna say, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Just, just more evidence. That's that's what oh, I needed. Oh <laughs> boy, I love you guys. Um, <laughs> love you too, pal. So we got. Um, uh, you mentioned the holes at center, um, and we mentioned Canadians. Um, a player that's been on one, two, three, four, five, six teams. He's twenty-eight. He's been on four different teams the last four years, and I. He's the kind of guy who I've always been intrigued with. I also loved when his dad played, Max Domi. When I see him on other teams, I'm like, I really want that guy on my team. But I feel like if I had him on my team, I'd be like, God, this guy's a, a, a tough watch. You know, no wonder he's been on four different teams. So I, is, is there a reason other than, like, he keeps getting traded, and I think it's the same kind of intrigue that I have. Other teams are like, yeah, I want Max Domi. Cool name. His dad was cool. You know, I, but it never seems to work out. So I don't know. Grace, you in or out on, on Max Domi? I'm out. I just don't really like him. Um I don't like, I, I think he does well. He did well in the stars in this, the last bit that he was there. Um, but I don't know. He doesn't really, he's a smaller guy. Um, and he's not, he's tough. I appreciate that, but I don't know. He doesn't really have the skills. I think the, um, he's not the best two way center either. So that kind of concerns me. I don't know if we're like looking, especially because I think, Maybe I'm now sounding like the opposite of what I just sounded like when we were talking about Pierre-Luc Dubois, where I was like, it's not his fault that he was on so many teams, like whatever. I don't know. Some of, Part of that makes me wonder, you know, what's he like behind the scenes? Is this a guy that people have not enjoyed playing with, that people haven't wanted on their team, um, whether it's like at the management level or just other players um, leadership wise? You know, is this somebody that the captains didn't like um, leading? So I don't know. I've never been a huge fan. He is young-ish um, for right what we could be, you know, getting. He's no Pierre-Luc Dubois, in my opinion. Um, but I guess, you know, if the stars aligned, I wouldn't say no. But you're right. I think it could just as well as uh, Dubois end up being a um, one-and-done type thing, make us his ninth team. Next thing you know, he's on his, his tenth next season. I don't know. So I don't know. What do you think, Mark? Um, I was reading this morning a little literature from uh, uh, dailyfaceoff.com. They they produce some really good stuff. Uh, Frank Savall, he's a writer over there, and so is Jason Greger. Both have a fa- uh, fantastic podcast that everyone should, should subscribe for some outstanding hockey news. Uh, but they have him as in, uh, in their Buyer Beware article that was released, I think, this morning or late last night. But it did state in the article some very interesting facts to be honest with you, about him. I'm not the biggest Domi fan, but when you're looking at free agency this summer, uh, very thin, very thin on talent. And if, when you're, if you're trying to replenish 
some talent that you might be losing, whether David Krejci is gone or Patrice Bergeron, uh, they both retire. Uh, and you're trying to address with experience. Free agency is probably the best way to go right now. Um, if you do want to invest in your youth, that's another option too. And it's a cap savings option as well. But right now, if you look at the free agent list and what's available, I think Max Domi uh, comes in at the highest like center that's a, that could be available. Now he could want to pay. Are there any? I was gonna say, are there, are there any projections about how much he would be worth? How much he? Oh, would... I did. I don't think I wrote that down. That's okay. I did I not. Just... Websites that I go to for salary cap projections, but um, it might be too much to really think about it as a salary cap. You know, I mean, a uh, cap strap team for the Bruins, but. With the losses of of possible uh, Bergeron and Krejci, and the uprising of Zaka and Coyle, this might be a valid spot for a guy like Max Domi on the third line center. Um, I would much. I don't know why, but I'd much rather keep Frederick on on the left side or the right wing. Uh, I like him at center too, but I would rather have Frederick on a fourth line center role. But I want Beecher as my fourth line this coming, so it's all kind of messed up in my head right now, but. Um, but when you're looking at value and what can be done, uh, you know, he's, de- he's got some decent possession numbers, if I'm not mistaken. And he's a gritty player, a tip, uh, prototypical, you know, uh, third line kind of center. So I'm just saying it might be an option. Not that I really want to go out and get him. But if you're looking for experience, um, you know, it's very thin on the free agent market up the middle. And he might just be somebody that come in, you know, at a one year deal, possibly a million or two, if everything else that the Bruins need to take care of can get done. Right. Yeah. I, I would think that uh, I would, I would put him on the third line if he wants to make, and we can pay third line money. And the problem is when you say that it's so thin, some, some again, it only takes one idiot to overpay. So, yeah. you know, somebody's going to offer this guy way too much money. <laughs> right. Somebody's going to offer this guy way too much money. And, 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 you know, that then you're looking at, you know, he's going to be sitting there in wherever Minnesota or something like that for the next five years, making ridiculous money, not living up to it. So um, I don't know. I, again, I'll take him if he's for the right price in the right position, but otherwise I think I'm, I think I'm out on that player too. I'm out on everyone. And it's not even yeah. cause he's from, it's not even cause he's from Winnipeg. I promise <laughs> um, and, and my Canadian uh, friends and family. Um, we have a lot of, a lot of other things to get to here as well, but we do I want to take a quick minute to, uh, mention our friends at FanDuel. We're making a. We do have the NBA Finals going on right now, so make it a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA Finals right now. New customers can still get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. Is one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Uh, I am uh, still riding the uh, Heat winning in six, although it's not looking so good that Nikola Jokic is uh, is playing out of his mind. Uh, Mark, you got anything going on? You you betting on some golf? What do you got going this weekend? Uh, uh, Stanley Cup Finals. It was still alive in this and soaking it up as much as I can because it's going away soon. And then I'm going to have to transition to Australian ice hockey. Um, but the um, the 2023 U.S. Open from the Los Angeles Country Club starts this week on Thursday, June 15th. So pretty ex- stoked about that as usual. And uh, with, with sports winding down, I might as well get on the train like my boy Steve over here and bet on some Red Sox baseball. Oh, yeah. Just bet against them. Just bet against them every yeah. night. It makes it more, way more fun to watch, too, because you don't want to have to watch and root for them because that's just a waste of time and effort and energy. Uh, Grace, you got any uh, You got any numbers that you like? 
I was going to say socks. I bet against them. I think Steve's totally right. <laughs> they, I've been trying to get into it because I don't want to suffer through the summer with no sports, but I don't understand it. But I would say it would make it more fun to watch if you place bets on it. I think that makes everything more fun to watch. Um, I also had money on the heat. Tough, tough looks, but I'm kind of glad about it. Don't want to see them do well. I got to get into this betting on golf. Mark's Mark's uh, making it sound appealing. I don't know anything about golf, but hey, I, maybe well, I can do a little, or read up a little. We'll have to get together and talk about this off off uh, off air because it is fun, and I'll show you some uh, interesting tricks. But well, yeah, there's plenty to bet on. Yeah, and there's oh, yeah. the uh, there's my WNBA as well. Go go Connecticut Sun. Dewana Bonner scored 41 points the other day. And the Sun beat Vegas. Uh, Vegas hadn't lost yet. That was a massive win. So I don't think I'm allowed to bet on the W, but I just can tell other people to do it. So uh, definitely yep. watch those games. And it's nice to have them on NBC Sports Boston. But anyway, uh, either way, no matter how you do it, there's no better place for all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel.com. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. FanDuel the official sports betting partner of the NBA must be 21 plus in select States. First online real money wager, only $10 deposit required refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas star casino LLC. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG. Uh, that is uh, in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1 800 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1 888 7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1 800 9 with it in Indiana. 1 800 522 4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1 877 770 STOP in uh, Louisiana. Gambling Helpline MA.com right here in the Bay State or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support. And visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in the great state of New York, or 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.NET. I think we covered uh, the entire country uh, throughout that read right there. Um, and before nice job, go, man. Thank you very much. I tried to speed it up as fast as I could. Um and uh, we also want to hear from our friends at Action Electronics. Uh, for over 30 years, Action Electronics, a Walpole mass company, has been the leading source of value-added, time-saving supply chain solutions. You can visit them online at actionelectronics.com. That's actionelectronics.com. Please give their customer service a call, 508-668-3131. Follow the company's social media accounts as well, right there up on the screen, uh, facebook.com slash actionelectronics. Instagram, they are at actionelectronics. And on Twitter, they are at AE Supply Chain. Uh, don't forget, they also have a YouTube channel as well, at Action Electronics TV. So big shout out to our friends at Action Electronics. Thank you to FanDuel for getting involved for what we do here. And... Uh, um, <laughs> Uh, but we are, Take uh, us and, in. yeah. And, and again, we, uh, we do appreciate, and if, if anybody else wants to get, uh, involved to get their business, uh, involved in any of the things that we have going on here at, uh, at uh, B and G the entire network, uh, feel free to reach out to Mark, myself, Grace, we're happy to point you in the right direction and get your company involved, uh, in what we do as well. Um, when we look at some rumors, uh, uh Bruins wise, I think we, we keep hearing Mike Riley, uh, there's some questions about the goaltending, what what that's going to look like next year. If 
anybody's going to come in or out. Obviously, questions with Krejci and Pasternak. Uh, this was the first time I've heard the name Brad Marchand come up. I, I, I have a I have a tough time with this one. Um, you know, he's got two years left. About uh, what six, almost six and a half? Uh, no, six point one million a, a season. I, I I'm a little on the fence. I, he's older. He's got bad hips. He's got an injury history. He's obviously on the smaller side, but I freaking love the guy. So uh, this one's a little tricky, uh, Grace. What are your thoughts on the possibility of maybe, maybe, possibly, kind of, maybe, possibly trading Brad Marchand? I mean, I hate it. I'm so out. Maybe that's just because you're right. I love the guy. It doesn't feel like a Bruins team without him. It doesn't. And I get it if we're talking about the context in which I had seen it. And like I said, somebody DM'd me about this um, asking, you know, what if, if Bergeron leaves, does Marshawn become sort of this 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 little piece that we could move around to make space to get something in return? Who knows? But I just don't I don't see it happening for a few reasons. One, just because of I think that he still is very good. And obviously we've talked about how hard it was coming back from the type of surgery he's had and how long it really takes to be back to your full self, especially at his age, it's going to take some time. Um, And I think he was one of our best performers in the playoffs. He was one of the only people that I saw really look, did I want him and everybody to play better? Of course. But I also think that, that we really fell apart. And so I appreciated the effort that he put in and the love that he has for this team. I don't see him happily playing anywhere else. I think other teams would know that and recognize that it's really hard to move a player that, I mean, for lack of a, is a franchise player. He's been here his whole career. He's made a huge impact. Um, I don't know that. How do you take somebody like that and move them? It doesn't happen that often. I mean, sure. There was, you know, you could look at Chara, but obviously he had been somewhere else before. And then, you know, there was confidence in him as a leader. And I think that other Teams don't appreciate Brad Marsh on the way that we do, not just as a fan base, but also just at the organizational level. I think we've found a place for him. We've invested in him. Um, so I'm out on it. And I also just think that I think Don Sweeney knows that too. I, I don't see him making any moves with, with Marsh and especially because, especially honestly, if Bergeron retires, cause I think he's the next man up to be captain. I think he's earned it. I think he's shown that he deserves it. I think he wants it. If it, if it, if Bergeron is gone, um, so I don't see it happening. I hate the idea. I don't like it. Get it away from me. <laughs> um, wow. All right. What about you, Mark? I mean, I, I, I get where Grace is coming from, but the more I heard her talk, the more I, 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 I'm talking myself into trading him. No! Sorry, Grace. <laughs> I, I don't know why that's happening, but he's 35. He's got two years left when he's 37. What's his plan? Is he going to play again? Or is he, I mean, he's going to become a captain for what, two years. And then he's gone anyway. Um, seeing Char in a different jersey uh, hurt, but only for a second. Seeing Brady in another jersey hurt, probably a little bit longer, but I don't think he's the, the Tom Brady of the Bruins. I mean, if we're going to get younger and, and and cheaper and, you know, there's nobody else that's going to get us to draft picks or the capital that we need than a guy like Marchand. So I don't know. The more yeah. I think about it, the more I might actually be into it, which I hate to say because I freaking love the guy. Mark, what about you? Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Marshan myself, and and I, I really like what Grace said about investment, and, and and that brings me to the point that I just don't think that the Bruins would be interested in moving him at this point because he is 35. I think Brad would want to retire here in Boston. Um, I'm not sure if at his age, 
I I know he can do it competitively for two more seasons under contract. I have faith in that. But how much further is he going to be able to do it um, at a 38-year-old and so on when those are the types of ages when everybody winds their career down and now concentrate on family and uh, and, and other entrepreneurships, uh, you know, like with um, with Kevin Miller and, and Marshko and whatever. So um, those all those aspects have, have to be thought about this too, but you know, I mean, if he's willing to possibly go somewhere, um, he does have a modified no trade clause. So uh, I believe there are options to move him regardless of, of, of his uh, contract, um, uh, you know, structure. Uh, but I just think that it'd be a huge loss in the in the leadership factor of this team moving forward to a team that's seemingly on the rails of getting younger uh, at, at a pretty aggressive approach with uh, Krejci's and the Bergeron's possibly leaving in the two years, possibly Marchand leaving too. Um, and I don't believe that Brad would, would be captain, um, not to squash your grapes, uh, Grace, um, but I honestly think that the next captain is going to be Brandon Carlo. I, oh, I really – I Well, be for real right now. Be real. I really <laughs> – no, I am absolutely real. It might be a hot take and so on, but um, if you look at the salary structure on um, puckpedia.com, Brandon Carlo is under contract for four more seasons. Um, and I think that he's uh, very well regarded around the league and in the Boston Bruins locker room as a, um, a union representative. And I think he's very highly regarded. And I think that uh, the organization and the and the, the players in that room and on the ice uh, highly respect a player like that, and I think McAvoy is the next one after that. You know, well, that's I was I was gonna say I can't believe a defenseman's name just came out of your mouth if you're saying no to Brad Marchand and it wasn't Charlie McAvoy. That I believe, yeah. but Brandon Carlo. I mean, granted, he played great this season, and I I do actually really like him, but. I don't know. That just feels, it feels like there's no way. Steve, what do you think? I hate to keep harping on the Cassidy thing, but like Cassidy's not here because little Brandon Garlow got his feelings hurt because he was getting bitched at on his way to the bench. And little Jakey DeBrusque was upset because, um, because you know, the coach was a big fat meanie. So, <laughs> uh, so I don't know if, first of all, if it, it reaches the point where you have to fire your coach for that, then how good of the leadership is it really in that locker room from guys like Brad Marchand and quite frankly, guys like Patrice Bergeron, how is Bergeron not able to squash this kind of nonsense to where you keep your teammates and your coach happy in a, in a symbiotic relationship. If Bergeron and Marchand can't do it, then, then the locker room is more fragile than we even thought. But, but Brandon Carlo to me, who, again, I loved when they drafted him. I, I thought that was a great pick. Uh, if he's as soft in the locker room as he can be on the ice, that's a problem because I, I, I just – he screams soft to me. And from and that that's not what you want as a captain, I don't think. Uh, McAvoy is not exactly, you know, Derek Bougard, but we've all seen that guy go out there and rip, and rip hits and play yeah. physical and get in people's faces. I don't think I've ever seen that from Carlo. Um and, and then they, the the off stuff, the off ice stuff that, you know, he's one of the reasons Cassidy's gone. So I know this is new generation. No offense, Grace. This is a general, <laughs> especially, especially as a teacher. I know I got to treat these kids with, you know, with white gloves. And, but I, I think it's a generational thing and I, I, I'm sure every team has them, but no, I, I get total softness. from. Sorry, Mark, did I interrupt you? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I'm just, I, I, I just, I, I see things a little bit differently when you, you know, when you, 
actually get close to these people, you know, when you have the opportunities to do so and see how their, their manner is with, with people. And, and I don't know, I just think that he's a good candidate. I think he's very well respected and, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but you know, I've been wrong many times before. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited now to see what happens. There's, that should be a bet on, uh, on FanDuel, who's going to be the next yeah. <laughs> uh, Boston Bruins captain. Hmm. Seems like there's a, there's some uh, different takes here. So I'm excited to see it. I mean, I'm just trying to pull it up now. Um, what's is Carlo making what? Three and a half a year. 4.1 for the next four. 4.1. Boy, I suck at math. Carry the one Stevie. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can't be I any better than my math. <laughs> <laughs> and he's only, it looks like he's according to Spotrack, it looks like he's only getting cheaper. Uh, well, it looks like four and a half now, then it goes up to five next year, then back down to four. It's almost like he's got like a, a rainbow contract where it gets bigger in the middle and then decreases as it as it hits the end. But the, so, how old is he? 26? Yes, yes, 26. But the AAV stays the same throughout the four years. Oh gosh, so, the, the cap hit number, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so he could have his his total contract front loaded to a certain number, but it all averages out to a certain AAV, and that's that's basically what teams and managers and capologists uh, try to work on when trying to get players in and out of the um, of the uh, lineup. Interesting to be cap compliant. Yeah, yeah, because I think that would be super attractive to other teams for trades. Uh, however. It, uh, it's attractive to keep him in house for that exact same reason that he is only at 4.1 for, for the next couple of years. So it, it's definitely yeah. an intriguing player. Yeah. Real money plays a huge factor in deal like this, because uh, believe it or not, I looked at cap friendly and, and Puckpedia earlier today. And both of them had, if I'm not mistaken, they do have Mike Riley at a $3 million AAV, but his real money owed next season is 4 million. Interesting. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on that uh, as we move forward. And um, it's, it's interesting to uh, Carlo for captain. I, I, I've heard that, uh, but you're right. I'd love to get some action down on that. Who will be the next captain? Well, I guess it all depends on if Bergeron, you know, the minute Bergeron makes his decision, we should be hopping on, hopping on Vegas to see what they think about the next captain. Um, moving to the goalies. We have a couple of things here, uh, goalie related. Um, Martin Biron. Uh, Buffalo Saber oh, color analyst, like former it. goalie, uh, believes NHL two NHL goaltenders could get offer sheets this offseason. Um, and he mentioned goaltender Jeremy Swayman being a potential target there. Also, I Olmark, we got some words from Patrick Donnelly, former uh, BNG writer, now at Boston Sports Journal. Um, he thinks that there could be some t- some takers for Linus Olmark, Columbus, New Jersey, Pittsburgh. Um, so where do, where do we think we stand with the goalies here? Uh, it, it just, the only thing I'm getting out of this is it looks less and less likely that they're both going to be here again. Um, Mark, what are you sort of looking at here from the goaltender perspective? Yeah. I mean, go start with all Mark. I mean, he's already here. He's got two more seasons to go. Um, probably going to win the Vesna trophy this, uh, in the awards that are coming up from, from, um, the Nashville, I believe. The, the Bruins are cap strapped and they need to do whatever they can to, um, you know, relieve some space to be compliant uh, in October. So uh, as much as I hate to see it, I don't I know I the goalie tandem is probably not going to be the same next season. I think one of them is going to be moved. And um, I think Allmark can get you uh, a first round pick, possibly a little bit more, maybe even a prospect uh, to replenish the, the prospect pool and so on. 
you know, it, it really sucks about the effort that he gave last year. Just a, a record-breaking year in the crease on a record-breaking team. Um, but the playoffs are, are a different animal. And that's when a lot of people look at your career and say, well, yeah, you did it all in the regular season, but what the fuck did you do in the playoffs? Sorry about the language, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Bruins deal with the, the goaltending because I've gotten mixed, for, mixed feelings from Bruins fans that why not keep them both? And I'm telling you right now, if the numbers are freaking true about what Jeremy Swayman could ask for, um, it's not ideal to have uh, two goaltenders under contract at $12 million. Let's get real, folks. You know what I mean? We need to shed salary, not add more onto it. Um, this Jeremy Swayman thing is interesting because Martin Breron was on the Ray and Dregs Hockey Podcast. I listened to the podcast, and I even went back on the YouTube channel to watch that program to see if, you know, the feelings and the character that they were giving off when they were talking about this. And Martin was uh, absolutely dead serious. Oh, I'm sorry. The office sheet process has only been successful twice in 10 years. It's a very uncommon thing to do. And in, in my opinion, a very shitty way to do business, but it is a path for another team to be a dink and get a player off of your roster an RFA. That was like um, uh, Philip, that was that was like the Carolina Montreal was it Cock Cock Sebastian Aho. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it was Cock and It was Cock But I think it was I think it was Sebastian Aho a couple of years ago that Montreal tried to get, and then the, Carolina matched it, obviously. Mm-hmm. So going going back to Bruins, there is a way. Like Martin Biron is absolutely right, but will it happen? Who knows? Who knows? But if somebody wants to get. Jeremy Swayman, they could offer sheet him six million dollars for one year. If he wants to take the money, he can do that. Um, but Dom Tiano also shows um, some uh, light to this conversation, as always, because he's an amazing guy when it comes to research like this. But Dom says, um, must be noted that if a player files for arbitration, he is also not eligible to sign an office sheet. 24 players last year um, signed removing an office sheet option. So if he, if Jeremy Swayman wants to bring this to, off, uh, to arbitration, then uh, an office sheet's off the board. But until then, offers can still be sent in. What could Jeremy Swayman bring? Martin Breron on the Ray and Dregs Hockey Podcast mentioned that um, the comparable in compensation would be a first and a third round this year's draft. We want to get back into the draft. We need to, you know, get the more prospects at a higher echelon of, of picks, like a first round pick, second round pick, whatever. Even a third round pick would be nice. Um, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities, folks. You know what I mean? And, and it's a sucky way to do business, but it's also another way to get something before somebody leaves uh, completely. So I don't want to see Jeremy Swayman leave. I think he's he's most likely going to be the future in the crease. Um, you know, I think all Mark was more or less a stopgap to to um, to see how Tuka Rass was going to do, you know, uh, with his injuries. So and we got all Mark for two years and I think he's done so far done well so far. And could, you know, give us value. But I also think that we can get more value uh, from a player like Jeremy Swayman if somebody did come in and give him an offer sheet. Um, but it all depends. If he wants to chase the money, then go for it. But if he wants to uh, work with the Boston Bruins and the constraints that they currently have, I could honestly 
see Jeremy coming down to $1.52 million for two years as a show me contract and then get a big ticket in, uh, in uh, uh, shortly after that, um, whether it be in Boston or somewhere else. Yeah. I think that, well, the, I think if you're, if you're looking to do that to him, then you got, you have to tell him and he needs to understand that he is the man, right? He's not, you're the number one guy. It's going to be a show me year. You are the number one guy, which means all marks probably out. Um, and you know, I don't think any of this happens unless you're fully confident that Brandon Bussey is the real deal. And that again, you're just trying to buy more time till you can get to the next one. Um, which is, it seems like yesterday it was Swayman and Vladar were the, the future. Now we're already talking about moving on from Swayman to get to the next future. Right. It's kind of crazy. Um, Grace, do you have any, anything on that on the goalies? I, I think that Mark is right. I think that there's a, honestly, I do think there's a good chance that, uh, Swayman is the player and the kind of player that would be willing to work with what the Bruins have. I think the best evidence for that is how much he bought into this season and the playoffs and being the backup to, you know, Linus Olmark, despite knowing his own skills, knowing his own abilities. Um, I just think he's a good guy to have in the locker room. I think that shows, I think it shows that he has bought into this team. He believes in this team and he, knows that they're going to believe in him. So if there's anybody who would be willing to, you know, who, who recognizes and appreciates what the Bruins are working with right now, I think that it's him. I, he is the kind of person that I, I think that might. And so I don't know. I don't think what Mark said is outside the realm of possibility. If you're right, I, you're right, Steve. If the Bruins say you're that guy, you are our guy. And I think he, I think he should be. I mean, I, I really like Jeremy Swayman, not anything against Linus Olmark. I love Linus Olmark and what he's done. Um, and if I had it my way, we would keep them both and we'd do what we did last year. Um, but if it's just not an option, I, I can see, um, I can see, you know, there being a really positive solution with Jeremy Swayman that, that won't cost us, it won't break the bank. Um, but I guess we'll just have to see what happens there. I, I do want to add on the office sheet that the, um, Bruins can match anything. So, you know, there's, there's that for them, but what Martin Biron was trying to navigate to that a lot of teams out there that are, uh, that are, you know, starving for goaltending at an elite level. And Jeremy Swamy can definitely do that. This is an option uh, for them to, to do so. And, um, uh, but if, if um, the Bruins don't, if something happens to one goaltender uh, this off season and um, another goaltender needs to be brought in because Brandon Bussey isn't just quite ready. If the organization believes that I believe if, if Bussey is going to be the backup, they're maximizing their salary cap as much as possible to address further needs outside of the crease on the defense and possibly uh, the forward core. But if you want to look at experience, um, I mean, Jonathan quick um, from the AFP analytics website, Jonathan Quick at 37 years old can sign a one-year deal at 1.2 million. Uh, Alex Nedeljkovic is 28 years old; he could sign a one-year deal at 1.2. Uh, Alex him. Lyon, Alex Lyon. We saw Alex Lyon uh, play against the Bruins and how he did towards the end of the season while Sergei Bobrovsky was having like uh, medical issues and losing 30 pounds. You know, uh, could be available for a one-year deal as a 31-year-old at 900k. And Martin wow. Jones. We could finally have a Martin Jones sighting in Boston. You know, we had him for a hot minute back in the day, but he's 34. He could sign a one-year deal at $1.7 million. Or Vegas Golden Knights current goaltender, not Aiden Hill, but possibly Lawant Brassoin. 
a 30 year old, he could sign a one year deal for 1.4 million. So, I mean, there's options out there if you want to look at experience, but you're going to have to spend for that as well. Right. Yeah. And I, just, we talked just talked about how the the forward depth on in free agency is so thin, and um, you know you wonder if teams rather than getting a guy like Swayman for a one or two year deal just do the opposite and say, well, I'll just go get Nadelkovich or I'll just go get yeah. you know somebody else. So if they're just looking for their own stopgap, but I, I, that's why I think it's going to be more. I think I think Olmark would be more likely to go because teams are going to say this i want this is the guy i want for the next five years yeah. like i want this is the guy i want to be you know to, to give the keys to the to the franchise whereas swayman i think like you said is going to be more of a one to two year deal and do people really do other teams really just want to go through that again or do they just yeah. want to go their own way and all mike is still in his prime he's still got huge value you know what i mean and i think a team out there that is either on the cusp of like really putting together a winner he could help but he's just got to get that he's got to get that playoff experience um a little bit higher than he's been giving lately and i understand he's injured and been injured and so on and it's just i mean i don't know when you're looking at contract value a lot of pe- a lot of players want to see what you do when it really counts and that is in the postseason Interesting. Yeah, the, the off season or the postseason did not help Omar at all, and I think we talked about that heading two years into the playoffs that that this was not proven yet and still isn't. So um, something to keep our eye on. Send him to a team that doesn't make the playoffs ever. Give him to Columbus. I mean, he was already <laughs> he was on the Sabers, you know. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So one more thing here in the agenda, Mark, that I don't know anything about. This this is. I don't know. makes me a little interested. So Matthew Wood was uh, at the NHL Combine, and somebody asked him about what? All right. So here's the tweet from uh, – Oh, I, I know what this fo- is. <laughs> I recently followed this guy, and he uh, works for McKean's Hockey, which is a fantastic scouting report, and they do a, an amazing draft um, um, uh, book. Uh, but he tweeted this out and it caught my attention. I was like, wow, I've heard some doozies and with uh, player interviews, but this is a little crazy. Um, Matthew Wood tells us about and this his interesting question about what he wants to be said at his funeral. So pretty much sat him down in a room and just said, hey, kid, when you die, <laughs> what do you want to be said about you? so messed up <laughs> and you know what's even more messed up you know what's even more messed up is now the team that's rumored to do to have done this interview was mike babcock no no yeah. i'm kidding i'm kidding but it's somebody that's going <laughs> to going yeah he's he's going to the columbus blue jacket so yeah it came uh, rumor has it it came out of the columbus blue jackets and i'm i'm sorry i've heard some really funny ones um, you know, that try, I, I think GMs and, and, and their staff want to sit down with these kids and t- kind of see what character they can give and how much they, you know, they can approach themselves of, as people, you know, meeting in a, in a first time environment. But what does that say about that organization? You know, it's like, Hey, you know, this is where people come to die in the NHL. Are you prepared? Like, I, I understand there are so many ways to ask the same question without, like when you retire, what do you yeah. hope is your legacy on and yeah. off the ice? Yes. Or when or you, you think, think about your remember, 
Yeah, what do you right. think people remember like, about you? You know, like, like when you are retired and you're off doing your yeah. own thing, or what do you want people to remember most about you when you retire? <laughs> right. <laughs> so not, hypo- not hypothetical <laughs> question. You're dead and you're floating over your funeral. What do you hope you hear? Like, that's yeah. just, uh, <laughs> I mean, you're right. I've heard, I think it was the Dolphins asked one player uh, if his mom was a, was a uh, prostitute. Um, <laughs> We've heard that we've heard things come out of these these meetings. Oh man, uh, it was a wide receiver. I thought, it was, I thought oh. it was nice. Like people were asking, like, "What animal would you be?" You know, like that's yeah. fun and funny. <laughs> Jesus, um, I'll have to look that story up. But yes, I remember that happening um, with one of those sort of highly touted wide receivers. Um, but yeah, there there are ways to word certain things that uh, maybe are a little bit more appropriate. Um, but I think that's what you get with franchises that are constant losers like when i read that i was like this i was like this is definitely not steve eiserman or the bruins or you know what i mean it was just definitely yeah. the, the dregs of the league asking these kind of questions yeah yeah it, it was, was very awkward very <laughs> awkward so weird <laughs> interesting so um yeah the, the, avoid that um anyone out there is uh, works for a company that is hiring and you're uh doing interviews for employees uh don't do that. Um, that question. Oh. Don't forget, we do have a hotline number. You guys can call anytime, 978-504-2727. Feel free to give us a call day or night. Um, uh, you want to uh, give us a hot take or talk about some, have us talk about something, you can give us a call anytime. We also have the hashtag AskBNG. Um, you can hit any of us or all three of us up on uh, Twitter, social media. We're happy to take your questions as Mark likes to do and pop them right up there on the screen for you. And we can discuss those topics. Um, let you sort of drive the show, especially in the off season. Um, it's great to have that kind of involvement interaction with the listeners rather than just the three of us pontificating all day. So um, <laughs> feel free to get involved that way. And we do uh, Mark, why don't we talk a little bit about the Patreon account as well, what we have coming up this, uh, this month. Absolutely. We do have a Patreon account that we'd love for more members to join and uh, be eligible to receive some fantastic items like uh, this fully authenticated Adam McQuaid signed jersey, 2011 Stanley Cup champs written right there. This will look great in your fan cave. Um, just a dollar per episode. And like I keep telling you folks, uh, we do about four to six episodes, so it's a real small investment. And what we do is we take some of that money and pay the uh, bills here at the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company and turn everything around and uh, with the other half and buy more jerseys to give away every month. So if you want to be eligible to receive a fantastic hand-signed jersey from uh, Bruce Sullivan and Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, uh, please go to patreon.com slash Podcast and donate just $1. We would certainly appreciate it. And I just want I, – I did take some screenshots of some of um, Bruce's signings with some of these alumni players, and I just wanted to pop them up in there and show you that this is a sign that he did recently with Mike Milbury. So there's, there's jerseys and pucks available, and um, also the shoes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, he beat him with his shoe, and, and then he signs it. Um, fantastic stuff. And also, uh, here's uh, Johnny Busick, uh, just a, a great ambassador to the Boston Bruins, continues to be with the team over 60 years. Um, Bruce is the gentleman, the handsome guy in the middle with the green uh, polo on having beers with uh, Johnny Busick and signing some stuff at, at Johnny's place. So uh, Bruce travels all over the place to get these, this uh, hand signed stuff. And, and uh, it, it, it's just good quality. And Bruce is a good guy. And, and I would never put 
any of your money in um, the hands of somebody that's shysty or or is fake. I, I go to the extent to advertise with people or move their product forward that are trustworthy and honest, you know, and that's probably the same thing, but I'm not one for words. So, um, <laughs> but no, it's a, it's a great program to get some hand signed stuff. Either you hang it up in your own fan cave or give it away as a, as a Christmas gift or a birthday gift. Um, we got tons more stuff coming. I think I'm going to buy a Charlie coil. I'm going to get back on the Derek Sanderson. I'm going to get a Reggie Lemlin and Andy Moog. Reggie so Lemlin. there's a lot of good stuff that are coming, uh, up really, real soon. And, and to start the 2023, 24 campaign, we're going to be giving away another bundle. The last time we did a bundle, it was a Ray Bork hand signed Jersey, Ray Bork hand signed eight by uh, 10, uh, a Ray Bork hand signed puck. And a hand-signed uh, mini helmet. We gave all four items away just for a dollar to uh, my friend um, Hollis Jackson down in Alabama. Nice. Oh, I think he lives in Louisiana now. But anyway, he's down south. Cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we appreciate everybody that contributes to that. Um, it helps us keep the lights on and 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 keeps us going here. Um, just to follow up, it was 2010. Uh, Dolphins general manager Jeff Ireland asked Dallas Cowboy wide receiver Des Bryant if his mother was a prostitute. It was Des Bryant? (laughs) Bryant says, no, my mom is not a prostitute. I got mad, really mad. I didn't show it. I get a lot of questions like that. Does she still do drugs? I sat and answered all of them. Wow. Uh, Ireland says, my job is to find out as much information as possible about a player, so I'm I'm considering drafting. Having said that, I talked to Des and told him I used poor judgment on one of the questions. I certainly mean, oh, no I mean, was this was this writer trying to get a hookup or something? I mean, I don't I don't understand why he would ask like that. Uh, I you know. I, hey, is your mom available? <laughs> I, is your I, mom, that's, yeah. that, that's so bad. But still, it's just like, why? Why up. do people ask this stuff? I just don't know why I remember that from 2010, but I don't remember the one thing that my wife told me to get at the grocery store yesterday. <laughs> that's, that's my issue. So. Um, well, this was a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, it's, it's always weird being the off season, but we can still get together and have some laughs and have a good time about it. Um, uh, Grace, it's uh, again, it's a pleasure to have you on board. Uh, I think we're really enjoying your company and having you here with us. Um, and Mark a pro as always. And, um, and please don't forget that, uh, another episode of black and gold podcast brought to you by fanduel.com, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS media network. Uh, you can go to uh, fanduel.com slash Boston to sign up, claim your no sweat first bet for $1,000. So um, this has been a pleasure. Look for the, ep- can't wait to see the episode posted here shortly. I'll probably find the most ridiculous thing that I said and pull it and, and put it up like I'm tending to do. Um, I'm going to clip my Carlo freaking video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the reaction to that was pretty good. You got to, <laughs> oh, it'd probably, it'd probably, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to clip the part where I was a namist about Pierre-Luc Dubois because yeah, right. the Twitter <laughs> right. people are going to be like, you're so mean. Cancel this person. Um, Cancel Steve. <laughs> I got enough of that in high school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you guys have a wonderful rest of the day. We'll do it again next week. Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. 
If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to blackandgoldproductionsllc at gmail.com. Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at blackandgoldpod, at BNG Productions, at blackandgold277, and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official blackandgoldhockey.com website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out.